and the devil began tempting Jesus with food. Hey, you can turn that stone into bread. You ever thought about what that means? To sit there and think about the basic necessities of life. And you might be sitting there today saying, I'm hungry, God. My soul is hungry. I've been looking for something to feed it. I've been looking for somebody to feed it. I've been looking for my soul to get fed. I've been to church after church after church after church. And I'm still starving on a malnutritious diet. It's time for you to get a hold of the bread of life. Jesus says, if you eat of me, you will never hunger again. You say, I'm still hungry. Well, you haven't eaten the bread yet. You might have held it in your hands. You might have rolled it up into some sweaty ball. But you haven't eaten it yet. If you can turn away from Jesus, back to the sinful desires of this world, then you haven't drank the water. You haven't eaten the bread. Back to Jesus' ministry. It starts out with Jesus saying, I'm hungry. Do you know how it ends? It ends on the cross with Jesus saying, I'm thirsty. That's right. He's on the cross. And he says, I thirst. It's amazing to me that the bread of life starts out his ministry saying, I'm hungry, and that the water of life finishes his ministry by saying, I thirst. Yet he offers you water of life. What is happening here? What is happening here? I want you to know what's happening here. I want you to go with me in your mind's eye into a little bit of Jesus' parents. Jesus is the kind of person, now listen to me, Jesus is the Savior. Jesus is the kind of Savior that does not hold back. When He loves, He loves with all that He is. Amen? When He loves, He loves you for who you are. He's not telling you to change. He's telling you, come to me and I will change you. He said, come to me and I will make you born again. He said, come to me and I'll take away that unrighteousness and give you righteousness. I'll take away that which is unholy and leave that which is holy. Jesus is the water of life. You might be saying, well, let's take a look into this heart here, Joshua. What do we see there? Well, you see a Savior that loves so much, He pours everything out to the point where He says, I'm hungry. Why? Because we get all the bread. Amen? I'm thirsty. Why? Because we get all the water of life. He's born in Bethlehem, and He's the water of life. And let me tell you right now, the water you're longing for is Jesus. You've been looking for Jesus for years. You've been saying, how do I find this living Jesus? Do I say a prayer? Do I join a Bible study? Do I get involved in some kind of group? Do I start waving banners in the air? Do I start changing the way my hair looks? No! What you need to do is drink the water. The Bible tells us that three mighty men retrieved that drink. Three. If you're a street person, you'll get their names, and I'm not going to go into their names today. But those three mighty men are symbolic. Three. That's right. Three. The Father sent His Son. The Son laid down His life. And when the Son is ascended up in heaven, He sends the Holy Ghost. That's right. Three of them. The Father sent His Son. The Son laid down His life, and the Holy Ghost convicts you, convinces you, and compels you to drink that wine. Let's take a look at the Father again. 
we're going to look at those three men. If we're looking at that story of David crying out, I am thirsty, but nothing around here can satisfy my thirst. I'm reminded of David's son, Solomon, who wrote the book of Ecclesiastes. You know how you say that, Hebrew? Kohelet. Isn't that a better title, Hebrew? Kohelet. What does Kohelet mean? The preacher. He said, there's nothing new under the sun. He said, vanity of vanity, saith the preacher. There's nothing new under the sun. Everything you think you're trying is going to leave you thirsty. It's going to leave you hungry. It's going to leave you wanting more. Can I be honest for a minute, sir? Why? A drug addict cannot fulfill their desire to keep getting high because their body keeps demanding more and more and more. And more, it can never get enough until that drug addict is dead. Why an alcoholic can never satisfy their thirst because they keep drinking and keep drinking and keep drinking, thinking they're going to get to that ultimate high, but instead they drink themselves to death. They can't reach it. A Christian drinks the water of life and they are satisfied forever and ever and ever and eternal ever. Hallelujah. Glory to the Lamb. Father, picture one of those men. One that showed up there. Three. Thank God that's it. I'm telling you right now. We often talk about the Son, and we're not belittling him this morning or putting him down. Absolutely, positively not. But I want you to know it is an orchestrated effort. It is a triune effort. Their will is one. They are one. What the Father is thinking is what the Son is thinking. What the Son is thinking is what the Holy Ghost is thinking. What the Holy Ghost is thinking is what the Father is doing. They are one. Amen. So let's take a look then. As the Son comes down to the earth, what's the Father doing? What's His mission? What's His job? The Bible tells us in John chapter 3 and verse 16 what God's job was, what God's mission was. Are you ready for this? Because this is the water of life that can satisfy your hungry soul. This is the water of life that will refresh your soul. Where you've been sitting there in the pew saying, I need somebody to change me. This is the water that can cleanse you. This is the water that can remake you. This is the water you need to be baptized in. This is the water you need to be born again in. For God so loved the world. Church, help me out now. That He gave His only begotten Son. That whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's what the Father's mind was. I love this world. And I know you're hungry for the things of the world. And I know you're thirsty for the things of the world. And I know your heart is crying out, saying, feed me, feed me, feed me. You ever seen that movie called Little Shop of Horrors? You had that big plant that said, feed me, Seymour. That's what a soul without God is like. Feed me. That's what a heart without Christ is like. Feed me. That's what a mind without the Holy Ghost is like. Feed me. And a person with Christ in is satisfied. How do you get satisfied? Because God loves you. How do you get satisfied? Because God doesn't hold back. You get it all, brother. You get it all, sister. You get born again. You get residence in heaven. You get your name written down in glory. Hallelujah. You go from a pauper to a prince. You go from unholy to holy. Why? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. You know, when I was a young kid, I just scratched out of my Bible the world. And I was right in doctrine. For God so loved Joshua 
that He gave His only begotten Son. And when I would sin, or when I would start feeling blue, or when I would start forgetting what God did, I'd pull that out and I'd read that. And God so loved Joshua that He gave His only begotten Son. And I was not hungry anymore. And I wasn't thirsty anymore. And my soul was complete. And I was no longer longing or looking or lusting for anything. No, God's love fulfills it all. That's the Father's mind. Let's take a look at the Son. If the Father so loves the world, willing to kick through those Philistine garrisons to get to the water. What about the Son? Let's take a look at John chapter 10 and verse 11. <clears throat> Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. Isn't it amazing how here in the New Testament we have a total reversal of how things work? Remember in the Old Testament? We had David, King David. He wrote that beautiful song. Do you remember that song? Psalm 23. We do it in the funerals and all the time. You know what it is. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Yet when we get to the New Testament, the shepherd has become the lamb. Behold the lamb of God. Why? Because God so loved the world. He wants to fill your heart. You will find fulfillment in Him. You will find satisfaction in Him. Your heart will never hunger again, and your mind will never thirst again. And the Bible says in John 10, verse 11, as we're looking into the Son here, I am the Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd gives His life for the sheep. He lays it down willingly. If you read on, He says, I've laid down my life as a ransom for many. What about the mindset of the Holy Ghost? It's got to be in unison, right? It's the Father so loved the world, He gives His only begotten Son. And the Son so loves the Father that He gives His life. What about the Holy Ghost? <clears throat> the Bible tells us in John 16, verses 8 through 11, the Bible says, And when He's come, He will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of justice. And you've been sitting in the pews today saying, I need some refreshing, God. I need a word of the Lord. You know why you've even come to that conclusion? Because the Holy Ghost is convicting you. <clears throat> and when He's come, He will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. That's the Holy Spirit's job. That's not my job. That's not your job. That's the Holy Ghost's job. And let me tell you, He's better at it than we ever dreamed of. Amen? He convicts us. He teaches us. He shows us what's right, and He shows us what's wrong. And He shows us judgment. You want to know what God thinks about sin? Look at the cross. You want to know how much God loves you? Look at the cross. And the Holy Spirit will convict you of judgment. Look at verse 9. He convicts us of sin, because they do not believe in me, says Jesus. He convicts us of righteousness because I go to my Father and you will see me no more. But you will know when you do my will. You want to know something, young Christian out there? You know what that verse says to me? That verse says that God's will is findable and that it's good. And if you will go to God, He will reveal it to you. He convicts us of righteousness because He goes to His Father and you see me no more. But if you will call out to Him, if you will cry out to Him, you will have His will revealed to you. Look at verse 11. He convicts us of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. 
The devil's already defeated. Why are we hungry for him? Why are we hungry for that? Kind of like this. You ever went into a fish and chips place and they burnt all the fish? And you're still hungry and you say, I want to eat the burnt fish? That's what happens when you go after the devil. And you say, I want to eat that which is already destroyed. Well, the Bible tells us that Jesus is that water. The Bible tells us that David was longing for that water. That David said, I'm missing something. And I've been trying to fill it with a hundred other things. I've been trying to fill it with action. I've been trying to fill it with war. I've been trying to fill it with anything. But the Bible tells us that Jesus comes out and says, I am the water of life. John chapter 4 and verse 10. He gave us the water of life. Jesus answered and said, we're in verse 10 of John chapter 4. If you knew the gift of God and who it was who said to you, give me a drink, you would have asked and he would have given you living water. David was longing for a special kind of water. He had water in that cave, so he had water all around him. But he wanted the water from Bethlehem because he knew that water satisfied. Your soul has been longing for Jesus. You know he's the only one who can satisfy. You know he's the only one who can change. You know, you know he's the only one who can make you righteous. If we go on to verse 14 of John chapter 4, the Bible says, But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never thirst. And so we have it there in the Bible where Jesus says, Drink of me, and you will never thirst again. The water that I give you will become in you a fountain springing up into everlasting life. Now those three men returned with that wonderful cup of water in the well of Bethlehem that David had longed for. David was overwhelmed. He said, wow, I didn't really order this. I just happened to state it. I want to be satisfied. And his men risked their lives to satisfy their king. I want you to know that God is hearing your soul cry out, saying, I need to be cleansed. I need to be satisfied. I need to know Him who created me. And God said, I lay down my life for you. I give you my only begotten Son. Jesus says, I lay it down willingly. Nobody takes it from me. I give it willingly. And the Holy Spirit says, I convict you of righteousness, of sin, of judgment. The Bible tells us David poured out that drink as an offering to God. To him it was priceless. To him it was priceless indeed. Those men risked their lives for me. Poured it out to God as a drink offering. Perhaps it's time for you to grab a hold of the water of life and to pour it down inside of you and say it's an offering. Lord, take it. My body is yours. The Old Testament is full of pictures of the water offering, of the drink offering. And one of my favorite ones comes from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 53, verses 10 through 12. Isaiah is speaking about the Messiah. He has prophesied a long time before Jesus was crucified about the crucified Messiah being our offering. 
He talked about what God was doing, how God receives him as a sacrifice. Look with me in verse 10. The Bible says, Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. And you know that question has come to me throughout my ministry. How could it please God to bruise his son? Let me tell you why. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that if you will just believe Him, if you will just receive Him, if you will just drink of that water of life, then you will have life everlasting and the sacrifice is pleasing unto God. It pleased the Lord to bruise Him. He has put Him to grief, the Bible says. When you, when you, church, make His soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall labor of his soul and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant shall justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Look with me in verse 12. Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he, guess what? He poured out his soul on the dead. And he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Poured out as David did. It's yours. So well, I got to drink of Jesus. Pour him down inside of you and let it become an offering to God. The Apostle Paul talks about it as he's getting ready to face his death. Look with me in 2 Timothy chapter 4. I'm getting real close to ending here. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Look with me in verse 6. The Apostle Paul says, I am already being poured out as a drink offering. And the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. Finally, there's laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearance. I'm being poured out. Why? Because in me is the water of life. I drank it and I'm satisfied. And you know, Paul was longing. Paul was looking. Paul was searching. And he found it in Jesus. Last but not least, I'm going to show you another point out. Another point out. I find this one fascinating. This comes from the prophet Malachi. The last prophet of the Old Testament. When I wrote this sermon this week, this was the very first one that came to my heart and mind as I've been praying about you. The Bible says, in Malachi 3 and verse 10, Just bring ye all the tithes into my storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now, test me, says the Lord. Test me, if I will not open up for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing. Do you want Jesus in your heart? Then you need to come and drink of the water. He's satisfied. Are you like David and sitting there crying out saying, somebody's got to show me what life is all about. Perhaps you're sitting there saying, I need excitement. There is nothing more exciting than having Jesus as your Savior. You might be saying, I need some action in my life. Let me tell you, when you put Jesus in your heart, there's nothing more exciting than bringing the gospel to people who don't want to hear it. It's exciting. There's nothing more exciting than knocking on someone's door saying, I want to invite you to Robinson Avenue Baptist Church. 
There's nothing more exciting than going into 7-Eleven and stopping somebody and saying, I want to talk to you about Jesus. You say, that's not exciting. Try it. It'll scare your socks off. Try it. It's fun. It's rewarding. And it's satisfying. There's nothing in this world I can guarantee you, if you drink of this water, you will never thirst again. If you eat of this bread, you will never hunger again. We're going to have a word of prayer. If he's spoken to you this morning, would you be willing to put him in your heart and in your life today? Perhaps you're one saying, Pastor, I think I put Jesus in my heart, but I haven't. I'm hungry, and I've been hungry for the things of the world. Today I want to come and I want to truly drink of the water. I want to truly eat of the bread. Perhaps you want to say, Pastor, I'm not, I know I'm not living right. But I'm not satisfied by the world. Only Jesus satisfies. I want to come home. Would you come home today? And perhaps God is calling you to be a part of Robertson Avenue Baptist Church. Whatever it is, would you be willing to come to me? Perhaps God's calling you to be a witness in your neighborhood, a witness in your house, a witness wherever you go. Would you surrender to that today? Whatever it may be, let's pray together. Father, I come to you now in Jesus' name, and I want to thank you, Lord God, for your word. And I pray even now in Jesus' holy and righteous name, you take charge. And if there be anybody that needs to come to know you as personal Lord and Savior, if there be anybody, Father, that needs to get their heart right with you, that needs to eat of the bread or drink of the water, Lord, do let today be that day as we bless you and praise you and give you all the glory, even now, in Jesus' holy name. Would you come as we sing? There's room at the cross for you. Come on. Would you come? Would you come and drink that water today?
bless you all. Hope you enjoyed the time of worship here with us at Robert Sanger Baptist Church. Let me apologize for losing my voice just a little bit. Don't worry, it'll be back by tonight. <coughs> so, uh, the older I get, the easier it is to lose. Apologize for that. And one of the reasons why I've lost it is uh, I was out with my son. Of course, when I got to meet with him, it was a blessing. And so, thank you for that. Thank you for your understanding and for your forgiveness and, and that. So, I do apologize for work on that. In the meantime, church, don't forget tonight, 6 o'clock, Bible uh, worship service can be a part of that. Wednesday night, 6.30. Uh, you don't want to miss that Bible study. Don't forget choir practice at 4.30 in the choir room. Uh, and I think that's all we have for this week. So let's close in that word of prayer. And I'm going to ask Brother Robert, would you close in prayer today?